to us this morning. And can I just say again, thank you to all of you who made the effort to be here. I know it's been difficult with road closures, etc., with the marathon going on, but uh, thank you for making the effort to press in and to be here. And I'm sure we're not going to be disappointed as we listen to God's word. Peter, come on. We're hungry for the word of God. Let's just commit it to the Lord. Father, we thank you that your word is always relevant. Thank you for your wonderful servant, Peter, and we pray that you will speak through him this morning and that your word will be sown into our hearts and outworked in our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Paul. Good morning. I think it's a jacket and striped shirt day today. Matching. Yes, thank you, overcomers, for getting here this morning. And uh, the fishermen were overcoming the waves and not being seasick. So you're overcomers as well. I'll give you a clue to the title this morning, which is We're All Called to Be Overcomers in Our Walk on This Earth. A, few, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a prophetic word where God said he was with us, he understood us, he was for us, and uh, we could trust him because he had a purpose and a plan. And that plan was simply that he would set us free to be the people that he created us to be. Because he wants us involved with the harvest. He wants us to be a catalyst for what God is going to do in this day and age. So it's crucial to him that each one of us is free to do what he wants us to do. And uh, many of us um, are in a position, especially in these days where so much is thrown at us that we rarely have time to really think about and actively contemplate um, in setting ourselves free of those things that would hold us back. And so the first point I want to make really is an overcomer, the the being an overcomer is a spiritual warfare issue because it's crucial to God. If we're going to see harvest, if we're going to see Jesus come back, then we've got to learn to overcome despite the circumstances despite the, all that goes around us. God wants us to overcome and be an overcomer. And many of us, most of you here, have experienced all kinds of issues where the enemy, the devil, has tried to overwhelm us in our lives so actually He dulls our spiritual input and holds us back from really going forward in faith. And so you can identify with a list that I've just put down here. Loss, disappointment, 
grief, anger, anxiety, betrayal, abuse, injury, lies, addiction, self-doubt, regret. Many of us have gone through most of those things in our Christian lives. And how you've dealt with them and how you've come through to them brings you to the place you're in now. And because it's a crucial time in God, I believe, uh, God is preparing us for the end times, we have now got to intentionally think about those things in our lives that we've allowed to cripple our life in the spirit that would hold us back from being the people he wants us to be and using all the tremendous gifts that he's given to us. And so that's the situation I want to speak into this morning. The devil can use all of these things to stunt your spiritual life and keep you from your identity and calling in Christ. If you learn how to overcome in these different areas, you will find strength, peace, courage, hope, joy, and victory in Christ, because he wants you to inherit the kingdom. Amen? So in the end, it's going to be worth it. And I would just want to inject some faith here today. God is for you to overcome. He doesn't want to see you held back, crippled. His heart is burning for you to release what's within you spiritually and take your inheritance here on earth as well as when we go. To eternity. Romans 8, 37, yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. We can't do it on our own. It's through him. He's already done it on the cross. And that should encourage us. That's our inheritance. We can be more than conquerors we can be overcomers. John 16, 33, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Wow, what a statement. You can overcome the world, the devil, and sin if you remain in Christ. If you engulf yourself in his love, his power, his anointing. That's good news, isn't it? He goes on. The Apostle John follows this up in 1 John 5 verses 4 and 5 for whosoever that's you 
is born of God, overcomes the world. Amen. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who has overcome the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So Jesus said, I've overcome the world. And if we believe in him, and we remain in him, we overcome the world. Or we have the potential to overcome all the stuff that gets thrown at us through our minds and through circumstances day by day. That's what the life of a Christian should be. And in that prophecy, God says, I want to set you free so that when people look at you, they see something different. They see freedom in you. They see a lifestyle that's appealing, that's attractive, that they want to aspire to. That's why it's important. That's why it's spiritual warfare. Because the enemy will do anything to keep you in the same spiritual state and not allow you to break through into the things that he has for you. You haven't got a clue what God wants to use you for. I tell you, as I look around this room, you have potential in you to turn this city upside down and to change people's lives and to restore families and restore marriages and challenge sin. Wow. You up for it? I'm up for it. See, the strategy of the enemy is focused on strangling our effectiveness for Christ and preventing freedom. I haven't listed this on the slides, but you might make a note of some of these. His strategy is this. He wants to keep us from God's strength. He is after your honesty and integrity. He is after your heart and righteous living. He wants to fill you with fear and anxiety. He wants to fill you with self-doubt. He wants to confuse your mind. He wants to tempt you into sin. He wants to limit your praying and your reading the word. That's his strategy. And we fall for it so easily day after day because we haven't seen the vision of the overcomer. Now for each one of those things I've listed, listed, God has an antidote that will bring victory, that will destroy those things. These are the antidotes. Victorious, overcoming antidotes. We overcome weakness with his strength. We overcome evil by doing good. We overcome falsehood with truth. We overcome anxiety with peace. We overcome fear with faith. We overcome confusion with wisdom. 
We overcome temptation with the fear of the Lord. We overcome everything with prayer and the word of God. Those things work. Those things are true. We've proved them in our lives. I've experienced all of that and I can say that God has those powerful answers. If you can get hold of them, it will change your life. Amen? And my challenge to you this morning really is to intentionally have a look at where you are spiritually and say, what's holding me back? What's holding me back? What do I need to overcome? What giants are there in my life? What values do I need to change? What mountains do I need to see moved? Maybe all sorts of things. But God has the answer. Amen? The poster boy of an overcomer is King David, I've always thought. He didn't have a great start in life. It's believed that he was illegitimate, being conceived through incest. He had to overcome the rejection of his brothers. Even when a new king was to be appointed, they didn't even bother to think that he was a son who needed to turn up when Samuel came to town. He overcame being a murderer and an adulterer. He overcame rebellion and betrayal from his own sons. So he didn't have a bright start. Not many of us would have had that kind of start. But the great thing is he won great victories because he knew the key to overcoming. And the example that suits this best is perhaps the first mountain that he had to overcome. His name was Goliath. And you can read the story in 1 Samuel 17. It's worth reading. We haven't got time to do it this morning. But I want to draw from that particular story five strategies that David had in mind to overcome his mountain. And what a mountain it was. A giant. It's estimated he was between nine feet six and nine feet nine. It's estimated that the average height in those days was five foot. And there was David, young, fresh-faced, a little lad. And there was Goliath, armed to the teeth, the only vulnerable piece of his armour was a little gap <clears throat> in his helmet. 
And that's what David saw. That's where the sling stone hit and destroyed him. So the first thing I want to say is that we, first of all, have to be... we have to refuse to be discouraged. Discouraged by who? You and I will know that many times when we've tried to move forward spiritually and we've had to think about doing radical changes in our lives, the most likely people to try and dissuade you and talk you out of it are those closest to you your family, and your friends. And this is what happened to David. His elder brother, Eliab, didn't think he was up to it. He didn't believe that David could defeat Goliath. And he discouraged him. And then Saul took up that theme and wondered... Could this lad do the task? Certainly not without my armour. Have my armour, David. It might help you. And Dave said, no. God's got a better way. And he got out his sling. And he got out his pebbles. Because he knew as a shepherd he could overcome anything with those simple tools and God and so he refused to be discouraged he went on anyway so we need to make sure that we're not discouraged by those who would try and stop us being radical doing something different. Perhaps your friends and families will say, no, no, don't don't get too serious about that. You know, we don't want you going off the rails. We're fearful of what's going to happen. Come on. You're better than that. You're a son of the living God. Second thing is that he reinforced his focus on God. He reinforced his focus on God. See, David kept his eyes off of the giant in his life and kept his eyes on the God who was over his life. Amen? He didn't think about Goliath. He thought about God. And um, you can check it out yourself. But David made two dismissive statements about Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, 26. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt The armies of the living God. That's faith for you, isn't it? Who does he think he is? 
struck in the way. Verse 36. Your servant has killed the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. David had no doubts because God was on his side. You should have no doubts that you can overcome anything that comes against you in this day of change that we're all living through. Nothing can can defeat you if you get into God. You get into his truth. You get into his power. You get into his love. See, David made two statements about Goliath but he made eight statements about the greatness of God. If you read verse 37, verse 45, verse 46, and verse 47, he made statements about God's strength. And I can put my trust in him. Hallelujah. How is your focus this morning? David talked about God four times more than he talked about his problems. Is that you today? When something comes into your life tomorrow, so easy, isn't it? When something comes in, finance or uh, some kind of illness or sickness or some tragedy comes, You spend the whole day thinking and worrying and focusing on what you can do, what it's going to mean. David didn't do that. He focused on God. When things like that come into your life, get on your knees and focus on God and give it to him. Because he is the only way through If you don't do that, you'll have sleepless nights, (coughs) sleepless days, and your walking God will be crippled. Choice is yours. But it's a real choice. See, it's okay to talk to God about your problems, but sometimes you need to talk to your problems about God. Yeah? It's okay to talk to God about your problems, but sometimes you need to talk to the problems about how great your God is. Come against that fear. Come against that doubt. Come against that sickness and say, my God can overcome. Get out of my life. I'm not receiving this. I'm going to move in faith. Very important. Reinforce your focus on God. The third thing is that he reflected 
on his previous victories and successes. King Saul was persuaded to let David fight Goliath because of its successful testimonies concerning the lion and the bear. Saul heard about those said, hey, there must be something more in this little lad that I haven't seen. David focused not on himself, but that God had delivered him in the past so he could trust God in the presence. Testimony is a fantastic, powerful thing. Amen? When you're up against it, remember the times God did turn up. When he did deliver you, when he did heal you, when he did change things. Those are the things to focus on. Remember the victories. Rejoice in them. That way you'll get many more. He had complete confidence in the power of God, and God was his strength to overcome. He didn't think he could do it himself. You'll never overcome in your own strength. It's got to be with him. If you've never had a test, you will never have a testimony. Amen? But if you've got a test and you give it to God and you have a victory, shout about it. Come and share it. Encourage somebody else. They're probably going through the same. And you can lift them up. Put them on the right road. Fourth thing, nearly finished. Run towards your problems, not away from them. Or worse still, ignore them. See, many of us, when we come against things we can't handle, either ignore them or think they will go away. Beloved, they won't go away. Goliath turned up twice a day for six weeks. He didn't go away. He taunted. He taunted. David had enough of that. And he ran into battle. He ran straight towards the mountain, straight towards the problem. He didn't dilly-dally and hope it would turn out all right. Many of us do that with problems. They won't turn out right. You've got to be proactive. You've got to reach out and ask God to deal with it. You've got to get your place in faith and begin to confront these things. This is what I'm encouraging to do. Have a look at your life. See if you've got things that are overcoming you at the moment. That's not God's will. Get angry about it. Be determined to get rid of it. To change your lifestyle so you can see the freedom 
that he has for you. Whatever the problems, they will not go away. Verse 48, David ran towards the giant with a proactive strategy, i.e. the sling and five stones. The only thing that will penetrate Goliath's superior armour. Run towards your problems, embrace them, confront them, face them head on and deal with them. Don't postpone them, ignore them or try and work around them. If necessary, share them with others. It's great that we're in a family. We're here for a purpose, a reason. There are people here who've gone through the same mountains as you have. They've experienced the same overwhelming circumstances. Get their wisdom. See how they cope with it. See how they got the victory. Share, honestly. That's what I'm going to encourage you to do in house groups this week, life groups. Talk about the things that you find hard to overcome. Share. Get some help. Wonderful. You'll come back through that door next week with a spring in your step and faith in your hearts. That's what I'm believing for. Finally, just remember for whom you are fighting. This is a battle, beloved. We are at the end times of the most cataclysmic confrontation the universe has seen. And God needs you to be equipped as his army, as his soldiers, not in fear and doubt, despair, but knowing that he is the answer. And if you put your hand up and say, use me, he will, and you will have a testimony. And you can be involved in the overcoming of the evil that we're going to face in these last days. Wow. What a privilege. What a privilege the church has. That we can get involved with God's plan. In fact, his plan won't work without us. Because he's given the authority to us. Wake up, church. You're so special to God. You're necessary to him. Verse 45 to 47. You come to me with a sword, spear and javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. All this assembly will know the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you the mountains the problems, he will give them into your hands and you will know 
victory. So I end with a verse that's already been read, Revelation 2.17. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. Amen? And if you want to do a little study, go to the Revelation of John and read about the seven churches in chapters 2, 3 and 4. They all have their different points of weakness, but each letter ends with those who have an ear here. And he who overcomes will benefit in tremendous things, not only in eternity, but now. Things like tree of life, spiritual food, new name, authority, robes of righteousness, enthronement, inheritance, being pillars of God. Fantastic benefits to those who overcome. So church, it's God's will for you to be an overcomer. Not only that, he will give you all you need to be an overcomer. And that's all that matters. It's not about you, it's about him. Amen. And I want to finish today on a very personal note because sat over there is someone I've known for 60 years, been married to for 52 years, and I wouldn't have overcome much in my life if she hadn't been there by my side. And I want to say thank you it's her birthday today that's why I'm making it special but we have become overcomers together we can be overcomers together for this community go for it church bless you